I forgot the joke. That's the sad part. It's two day, two shows in a row. I forgot the joke. I don't know why. Hey, so all new Diary Sports. I'm your host, Brett Reed. And why did the chicken cross the road? So you can listen to an all new episode of Diary Sports. Hey, what time is it? I think everybody needs to know. What time is it?
Radio. www.djchaseradio.com You know what it is. Chia! You are listening to Downright Sports with notorious sports critic Brent Reed. An all new downright sports hello, merry holidays, Christmas, everything. Welcome, everybody, to an all new downright sports. I am your host, the notorious sports critic, Brent Reed. Season greetings, everybody. Everybody, clap your hands. I lose weight. Welcome to our new show. If you never heard Downright Sports before, it is a sports show for sports fans to talk to all the sports fans out there by the sports fan, the notorious sports critic, if you will, a show in which you can listen anywhere, anytime, any place. Just download it on Apple, Spotify, Google Play. And if that ain't good enough, you always can listen to it on the DJ Chase radio app. That's right. Anywhere, anytime, download it, do it, do it now, do it. That was creepy. Hey, (laughs) this is the last show for 2023. It is, we'll be back in 2024. There will be uh, a couple pop-up shows. So um, I may do a pop-up show on Christmas, something small, or I'll just do something on TikTok or Instagram for like the NBA and then definitely, definitely, you can't have a college playoff without having downright sports broadcasts. so this year, I may do something different. I haven't decided. We'll see how it goes. Um, in any case, let's get into it, shall we? So, the NFL season is down to three weeks left. Three games, three weeks, however you want to look at it. We're um, literally down to the wire for so many teams this year. For the, for the playoffs, it's tight. It's super tight. It's, like, ridiculously. It's like lug nuts on a tire tight, okay? Because just maybe four or five weeks ago, maybe even a little less than that, you could have penciled in who you thought the Super Bowl champions were going to be or who was going to be in the Super Bowl. Then, all of a sudden, things just changed crazily things changed, okay? So, about a few weeks ago, uh, let's say five weeks ago, you easily could have said the Eagles were the favorite. Without a question, they were one of the favorites. Then, out of nowhere, you some would think, well, the Cowboys, how about them Cowboys? They're the favorites. I never said such nonsense, but a lot of people were thinking it. Uh, not that long ago, Kansas City was still one of the predominantly favorites. Now you find yourself in a wonderful place to be where you have a wide open array of teams trying to make some noise. I think I said on the NFL preview show, this could be one of them years 
where you could see a team that you've never seen before. Now, we're going to touch on that, but let's give you the pre- the playoff preview, shall we? So, if the playoffs started today, seven teams get it. Out of that seven, you would have Baltimore, Miami, Kansas City and for the AFC. Let me clarify. In the AFC, you have Baltimore, Miami, Kansas City, Jacksonville, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and the Colts. Tied with the Colts are both the Texans and the Bills. On the outside at 7-7 is Pittsburgh and Denver. In the NFC, you have the 49ers at a clear cut right now at the top of the food chain. The Dallas uh, Cowboys, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Philadelphia Eagles, Minnesota Vikings, Los, uh, Los Angeles Rams, and at seven and seven the Seahawks, seven and seven the Saints, and at six and eight the Falcons. Let me clarify: you will have some lead you to believe that there is tons of parity. This is great. It's not parity. Uh, Cincinnati playing with his backup quarterback. Colts playing with his backup quarterback. Texas playing with their backup quarterback. Pittsburgh has no quarterback. Denver, their quarterback just got yelled at. Atlanta, nobody knows their quarterback. The Saints, do they have a quarterback? Seahawks, backup quarterback. Minnesota, backup quarterback. So, you're in a league of backups. Now, there's a big backup. Well, he was a backup in, um... And Brock Purdy, who has got his team. So, just because you're a backup doesn't mean there's not hope. But, let me be clear. The playoffs started. I want to see Joe Burrow for Cincinnati. Not whoever the other guy is. (laughs) I'm just being real. So, let's start with the AFC. If the playoffs started today, Baltimore would get a bye. Miami would face the Colts. The... um, The Chiefs would face Cincinnati, and Jacksonville would face Cleveland, which is actually a first round I would die. Also, backup quarterback in Cleveland. Cincinnati is the team I'm circling because I never, I never bet against Patrick Mahomes. It's not what I make a career on doing. But this is one of those years where the Colts have a lot of question marks. They're not winning games as convincingly as we have seen in the past. You're not getting the type of Kansas City that you're accustomed to. And in other leagues, let me be clear, in other leagues such as um, in other leagues like in baseball and basketball, if a team that has won before, if they kind of creep in, there's still hope. In the NFL, if you're creeping in, that ain't a good thing. Cincinnati, if the playoffs start today, Kansas City would play at home and they would play against the Bengals, whose defense seems to be very good. They're winning games convincingly with a backup quarterback. Cleveland is too with a guy who was sitting at home just a few weeks ago. If you look at the Bengals at 9-5, and five, when they go on the road, they're 2-4, and four, which isn't very good. Kansas City at home, though, is only 4-3, and three, which means they leave the door open for you to come in and beat them, which isn't a good thing. Cincinnati's defense is strong enough. They still have a great wide receiver. They still got a team that just if Patrick Mahomes can't score enough against the Bengals, the Bengals, he leaves the door open enough, they can find themselves in a loss. You look at Miami. Um, actually, I said that. Not did that, right? If you look at a team like Miami who will play the Colts, I think Miami eats the Colts alive. Mm-hmm. Just sandwich me. Because I think the Colts 
uh, peaked early. I don't think no, nobody expected the Colts to be this good this fast. They are missing their quarterback. Who it, will he be back? This is injury. Let's find out. We're going to go to my assistant myself. <clears throat> I think he's out for the year, right? Mm, Jonathan Taylor is questionable. Alexander, surgery. Oh, yeah, he's done. <laughs> we'll see him next year. Um, we'll see him next year, unfortunately. But the kid showed promise. So if he's back next year and this team stays together, we can see a better Colts team. But the Colts still got to win the rest of the remaining and win that division, which currently right I mean, not win the division, but they just need to stay ahead of who's behind them. Because right now, breathing down their neck is a division foe in the Texans, who also is on their backup quarterback. So, and then you got the Bills. Who are like, hey guys, don't forget about us. You know, we're trying to get in there because all three of these teams are eight and eight. Now, what does each team need to do to win? Well, basically win out, hopefully. But if we look at the Bills' remaining schedule, the next three, they got uh, the Chargers, Trash, um, New England, not any good, but always plays them tough. And then Miami, who could be playing to give their team rest. And then... So, you got a chance if you're the Bills. If you are the Texans, it's a little bit of a road because it's still, again, a young team, new head coach, trying to make some noise. Look at the Texans. Texans got Cleveland trying to make the playoffs. Tennessee just trying to upset people, and then they finish with the Colts. That game between the Texans and the Colts could turn out to be the game to put one of them in the playoffs or... With the Texans' next opponent, that could be the, like... Um, Excuse me, Cleveland's defense is strong, like tough, ready to do business and ready to do work. And then my last was the Bills. I said the Bills. No, nope. who we got? Colts, Bills, and then Pittsburgh, which I don't think is getting in. They're the last in the division, but just for laughs. Pittsburgh's got Cincinnati, the Seahawks, and Baltimore. I'm going to declare it here. Mike Tomlin will not, I repeat, won't finish a 500 record for the first time in his career. Cincinnati's got something to play for. Colts can't score enough. And, I mean, excuse me, Cincinnati's got something to play for, and the Steelers do not score enough. Like, they average, like, six points a game. Their defense is good, but your defense, if your quarterback can't get you in position to at least get field goals, or at least get you, like, a cup, like, 20 points. Your defense is going to get tired after a while. And this isn't the NFL of the old Baltimore Ravens or the Chicago Bears. Like, you're asking your defense to do a lot. And I don't think they're going to, like, Seattle's playing for the playoffs. Seattle's could put up points. They've got a huge victory over the Eagles. I don't really see that happening. And then Baltimore is probably going to be a bye, but by then it'll be too late. I'm going to circle in, in all honesty. I'm going to put the Colts in. I think they got the best road to get in. I think the Bills, it, Bills need a lot of things to happen for them to get in. And this, if the Bills don't make it, their head coach is going to be looking for somebody new. If you look in the NFC East, I mean, you look in the NFC, right now, Dallas would have to play the Rams. Uh, the Lions would have to play Minnesota. And Tampa would play Philly. And Philly would be on the road. That's the interesting part here. Now, Dallas versus the Rams, it depends on what Ram team you get. That's a veteran-like team. They got a court. They, they only won a Super Bowl just a couple years ago. 
Dallas, they the Rams have to go to Dallas to play. And if I'm not saying the Dallas, who's the Rams? <laughs> talking to myself like I'm insane. Uh, hold on. Tell you right now. Because they faced each other this year, didn't they? They did. They did. Uh, Dallas beat the Rams 43-20. to 20, But that's not a Rams team that is on the road to trying to win, a, you know, win another playoff game. So, these are the type of games where Dallas tends to <coughs> choke. So, could, you know, if you're Dallas, you're kind of hoping right now that the Rams don't finish as the seventh seed, but you don't want to face Seattle if you're Dallas. Like, you don't want to face the Rams. You don't want to face Dallas. You don't want to face Seattle. If you're the Lions, your best hope is that you get Minnesota because you already faced them twice this year. You get to face them again. You're going to face them at home with a backup quarterback. They don't know what quarterback they're going to use. This is the this is the year if you're Detroit, right? Tampa Bay and Philly, I don't give a damn where Philly's playing. They have to beat Tampa. But Philly, there's a lot of questions. So Dallas and Philly, just not that long ago, were the teams that so many people, so many people were penciling in at least to win something. You got to get past the 49ers, first of all. The 49ers is good. Very good. Like, crazy good. Uh, yes, Brandon. Dallas are choke artists. That's what they do well. They don't win Super Bowls no more. They just choke. Um, Jamar Chase is out. Damn. That ain't good for the Bengals. Thanks, Brandon, for that update. I'm going to have to get one of y'all to be producers. <laughs> but um, Philly loses in their last three. Bad losses at that. Blown out by Dallas. Uh, blown out by the 49ers. Those were two teams you needed to establish yourself. Now, luckily, the Eagles get a bye week this week because they face the Giants. I can say that because I'm a Giants fan. But that's the kind of game that they need to kind of get their mojo back. Dallas, Buffalo smacked them. Don't you come up here with your cowboy hats on to big old Buffalo. We got snow here. This is what we do. But then it doesn't get easier for the Cowboys because they have to face Miami, who's trying to submit themselves and get themselves in playoff form and make some noise. And then they got Detroit, who's definitely... So Dallas has more of an uphill... Like, if you're Dallas, you can't afford to lose any more of these games. You just can't because of the sheer fact that you will find yourself maybe falling out of that two-seed and you, because Philly's in the fifth seed right now. So if you look, if you're Dallas and you lose the next two, that could be the difference of being a two seed playing at home and damn near being the fifth seed playing on the road like Philly has to do. You don't want to put yourself in that scenario. And this is where I think the Dallas Cowboys, who has a deep, everything on Dallas is decent. I'm not going to call Dallas great. Everything on Dallas is decent. Everything on Dallas is okay. But let's calm down with, like, this great Dallas offense, this great Dallas defense. No, they got an okay team, all right? They do certain things well, but they can't do all things well at the same time. Eventually, Dallas has to go back to the Super Bowl, right? Or not? <laughs> Who would I put in the Super Bowl this year if it was me? Quite frankly, I would love, and I could see it happening, would it be crazy if we got a Detroit versus Miami or Detroit versus Cleveland? 
Cleveland's defense is strong. Cleveland's defense is impressive. Cleveland's defense gives up. They don't play around. Like, if you look at Cleveland and how they've had to win games this year, they've been ugly. And they don't even have their quarterback that likes to take money because he hasn't played, but he just gets paid. That's a nice job to have. Really, it is. It's is. I'm jealous. Like, I'm not going to take a shot at Deshaun Watson today. Today's not the day to do it. I'm really not. I'm not going to do it. But I will because he hasn't played and he just takes and takes and takes where they signed that man like $255 million guaranteed. And he didn't play like the first 11 games. He didn't play like six games. He's done for the rest of the year. It's a travesty. Let's get back to the point at hand. <clears throat> Look how Cleveland does defensively. I'm looking at they've given up. They gave up third. Nope. Nope. I'm wrong. They this season. One, two, three. Only three games this year they've given up 30 points. That's it. They come to play defensively. Um, their next three opponents is Pittsburgh, Kansas City. I picked the wrong team. That was Cincinnati. Cincinnati's defense is strong, but I thought I picked Cleveland. I literally was on a tangent talking how great they were, and I was on the wrong team's page. I was looking at... Cincinnati. Good job, Cincinnati. Cleveland, on the other hand, uh, one, two. Yeah, even better. My point now makes more sense. Cleveland only gave up 30 points twice the whole year. Twice. Now, granted, who did they give that up to? Okay. So if we look, they gave up 30 points to Baltimore. That makes sense. But the score was 33 31. They gave up 30 points to the Rams, 36-19. That was a big game for them. But look what they did against San Francisco, 19-17. Now, that game has an asterisk because two players got hurt. Chris, I watched that game. Christian McCaffrey got hurt, and so did um, um, Samuels got hurt in that game. So that's a tough one. But they gave a they, they shut the 49ers down to just 17 points. Um Jacksonville, 27 points. Chicago's trash. Uh, they did lose to Denver at 29. We're going to round it up to 30 and make that three. But they did come back. And they lost. to. So, their defense is good. I'm just going to go on record. Their wins are impressive because I feel like they haven't beaten anybody. Like, they don't have murderers roads. Cincinnati's been all, having an offseason. Tennessee is bad. The 49ers and Baltimore are their best wins, hands down, currently this year. Those are their best wins, but the rest of their competition, oof. But with that being said, in the playoffs, you only got to win one. And it, right now, if the playoffs started, Cleveland. Wrong side, bro. Cleveland it would play Jacksonville. Whom they've already beaten just a week, two weeks ago, 31 to 27. It's possible. I'm just saying. Cleveland's road to the playoffs, to the Super Bowl. They will go to Jacksonville, and then from there, they would face the winners of, I think, three and six. So they would probably either go to Kansas City or Cincinnati. They have a road. There's a possibility. We can get, I'm calling it now. Let's give me Cleveland, Detroit in the Super Bowl. It's what the NFL, we don't want to see 
Kansas City anymore. We don't want to see Baltimore. We don't want to see the 49ers. We don't want to see Dallas. We don't want to see Philly. Give us Detroit and Cleveland. I'm calling it. I went too long on this, but I got more I got to cover real quick. So, um, Bill Belichick. What's going to happen with old Bill? You know, he's having a bad post-breakup with Mr. Tom Brady. He is. No question. He hasn't accomplished anything without Tom. But with Tom Brady, there's no dispute in what Bill Belichick was able to accomplish. The man only has eight Super Bowls, seven as a head coach. It's pretty impressive. Okay. (laughs) He has done things as a head coach. Oh, here you go. He has six as a head coach. Brady has a seven. So he has eight, seven as a uh, six as a head coach. He's been to the Super Bowl twelve times, nine times as a head coach. Uh, most playoff wins as a head coach with thirty-one. Most uh, playoff appearances as a head coach at nineteen. If he's fired at the end of the year, okay. But you don't announce a guy with his credentials as fired. You just say we're going to part ways. I don't think he should come back. It never works. It never works out. Um, when great coaches, uh, for example, I don't know if any of you noticed, Vince Lombardi coached the Washington football team. He did. Yeah, that happened. Vince Lombardi was a head coach of the Washington football team. He left Green Bay, went to Washington, and then he passed away shortly after. That happened. Yeah. So, do you want to see, like, Bill Belichick coaching Atlanta? Or, who's a team that's trash? Or, like, the 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 Chargers, no, or even the Jets, because let's be real, the Jets will make that move. But we're going to talk about the next segment. We're not going to talk about that now. Any case, this is Downray Sports. Everybody, download the DJ Chase Radio app. Listen to all mu- all great music. Listen to some exclusive interviews in the independent market, and definitely you can listen to Downray Sports. What else? What else do you need to listen to it for? Um, we come back. It's only Christmas music today. We kicked it off with some wham. Then we're going to move it on. We're going to kick. I uh, have some Luther Vandross, James Brown. But up next, I'm not even going to say anything. It's just, what? No, no, no. Oh, yeah. It's that time of year again. Kool-Aid man, you ready for Christmas? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
existed until last year. Alright, so <clears throat> what the hell should the Jets do next? They missed the playoffs again. Uh their head coach, uh Robert I'm gonna ruin his name. Soller. Um he's not having a good go at it. I think he says all the right things, but he hasn't done anything. And I think the Jets have given him enough leeway, but it's time to go. Here's what I'm gonna tell you the Jets to do, alright? In normal cases on these type of segments, I end up trying to go and do a character where I pretend to be the owner. But I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to tell the Jets, you need to stop. All right? The Jets, for in my lifetime, have always chased 1969. They've been trying to win a Super Bowl since 69, and it hasn't happened. They've come close, but they haven't even been back to the Super Bowl. The the years the thing here's the thing the Jets have had opportunities and they've had good coaches they have had great coaches but for some reason they keep getting rid of them or they don't let them do their thing or the coach becomes larger than life. Um, uh, Rex Ryan, great coach for the Jets, took the Jets to I think at least one AFC Championship game. They drafted Pittsburgh with more. They got Mark Sanchez, but they never surrounded him with enough or they didn't. Uh, 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 give them enough love and support or whatever. But in any case, you, 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 if you're the Jets, you find yourself in a situation where the coach or something, and you get rid of the coach because you think there's something better out there because you're just chasing. The Jets and the Mets do the exact same foolishness. It's the weirdest thing. It's what they do best. Uh, we got to get the new shiny tool. Both teams this past year, the Jets and the Mets, one after quarterbacks that are getting ready to collect AARP. Both the Jets and the Mets basically got in a DeLorean and was like, we should get these old guys, but let's think in, in our heads that they're young, but they're not. They're old. You went and got, <clears throat> if you had a Mets, you went and got Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. You wasted time on that. Um, if you're the, which is, you know, you wasted time on that. And if you're the Jets, you went out and you got Aaron Rodgers, and you wasted time on that. If I'm the Jets, or if I advise the Jets, what I do is I fire the entire coaching staff, period, point blank, let them go. And what I go to do is I don't get a new shiny toy. I go out and I get somebody who is going to be dedicated to building something. Not looking to win right away. Not looking to win right now. A guy that's going to build something. The Jets currently right now, going into the draft, 
have the seventh pick as it stands right now. The seventh pick. Which, if I was the Jets after week one, would have lost every single game on purpose to try to get... Because Aaron Rodgers is not your future. Okay? Because my next move, if I'm the Jets, is letting go Aaron Rodgers. Because he's done absolutely nothing other than keep your team relevant the entire year because he goes on Pat McAfee and talks for however long. There's, I'm be real with you. There's zero, zero appeal to me about Aaron Rodgers. I don't find him appealing. I don't know why people say he's educated. Cause to me, he just sounds dumb. And I hope this gets back to him and he says something to me because he's only going to give me ratings. But the, like, in all seriousness, though, the Jets know, even if Zach Wilson there was hope, he never stood a chance, okay? They gave him all the opportunity in the world, and he proved this year. This was his year. He proved it. He couldn't get it done at all. I sounded like Trump. He couldn't do it. He didn't have what it takes. He just doesn't have any too small hands or too small. Doesn't know. Can't throw. Bad quarterback. Good guy. Bad quarterback. Okay, guy. Doesn't really, doesn't know, doesn't know football. I know football, doesn't know football. <laughs> Should do a whole show like that. But in any case, seriously though, like if I'm the Jets, I look this whole thing and I blow it up. I blow it up, all right? And I look to build the team in a way where you now have a future. And the way you do that is you pick your identity. Are you going to be a defensive team or you're going to be an offensive team. If you're going to be an offensive team, you need to get your you, you get your quarterback and then you start building and you tell the kid it's okay to lose. Just get better. Go oh, the Jets have to go old school. Jets have to channel the 1960s and 70s where in year 5 is where you pop. No more of this is going to happen overnight nonsense cuz it just doesn't happen that way. If I need any more examples, just look at the 49ers. They spent time acquiring talent, athletes, and assets. And then they had Jimmy G, and they drafted uh, Trevor Lawrence. And they, just, they realized, oh, Brock Purdy, can, can, he can run it. It doesn't matter who your quarterback is because the rest of your players are so skilled, they take care of it all. We get Ravens and 49ers on Christmas Day. That's a Super Bowl preview. In any case... That's what look at Baltimore. They made they got their quarterback. They made sure they gave him weapons. You look at Kansas City. They got their quarterback. They got his weapon, and they keep it afloat. But you can't just keep throwing random names on the board and wishing and hoping they're just going to get better. That's not how this works. That's not how it's played. That's not how it's done. Sorry, I'm not even a Jets fan. I just hate the fact that the Jets are so bad. First of all. You're the New York Jets. You're not going to have trouble getting free agents. Second of all, you're not going to have trouble getting a head coach. What you need to do, though, is get a coach. Don't get one of these young guys that are great at analytics. Don't get one of these young guys that look good in a warm-up suit. Go get you a guy that wants the job and wants to coach. Go get a guy that's going to be in the, 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 the coach's office studying film and, 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 and working with his assistants. Get you a guy that's going to be a student of the game. Don't get a retread. Don't get somebody like uh, uh, Bill Belichick or Mike Tomlin. Even though these are great coaches, 
might you just can't do it with the Jets because what happens is you get a coach and everybody pays attention to that coach and for good or bad, everybody pays attention and they forget what's going on. You need somebody to just take the team out of the spotlight. All right. If you look at Miami, the guy that they hired, nobody he just he looks like a dork. But he does the job, and that's what you need to do. All right. You need to get somebody like that. Eric Benemy, uh, the former offensive coordinator in Kansas City, he ruined his career by going to Washington. Should have kept his butt in Kansas City, he would have got a job this year. Now he ain't getting no job. Just here to tell you, it ain't gonna happen. It ain't happening. Not today, not more, not ever. It ain't happening. Hey, this is Downright Sports. Check this out. If you listen on the DJ Chase radio app, you will get the news. But if you listen on the podcast, you're going to get uh, some James Brown Christmas. This is Downright Sports. We'll be right back. Facebook, Instagram, hang in there. You get the news, too. Mitchell gets to Sanders. Sanders has got some room to operate. Barry Sanders inside the 10. Touchdown.
let's make our next year be as nice as this year. Now Christmas gotta be the kind of a Christmas that we remember a long time ago. You remember when everybody used to look forward to Santa Claus? You didn't want to know what you're gonna have the next day. You couldn't wait until Christmas morning to jump up. But that's the morning that you wouldn't go to your table. You go straight to your little sack, hanging on the mantel, over the fireplace. I just enjoyed this. And I, I can't, really can't find enough words that would really make me express myself, the good feeling that I have. But I want to say thanks, thanks God. And now, let's make Christmas the kind of a Christmas that we remember. You know, you made Christmas very, very beautiful for me in my past years. But let's make this Christmas good for everybody. The kind of a Christmas that mom, dad, Let's, let's make Christmas Make this Christmas And all the bags are waiting Now, 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 now no. Make it a beautiful, a lovable, enjoyable Christmas now, now, now. Oh, that's a violin playing. That's a violin playing now. So good. Come on.
That's right, Daddy Ricky Bobby. I love that movie. All right, so Baseball Hall of Fame <clears throat> announcement is next month. And um, there's some first-timers, all right? There are definitely some first-timers. Uh, you have Jose Bautista, Adrian Beltran, Matt Holiday, Joe Mauer, Chase Utley, David Wright. Those are the marquee names. I just pulled out Bartolo Colon's on there, and um, there are a few other guys. <clears throat> In my opinion, this is just me. In my opinion, some of the guys making the list are not all timers. In my opinion, and I think that's what makes baseball great is because they just baseball doesn't just put anybody because they were an all star. Like the NBA, everybody makes the Hall of Fame in the NBA. It's not even a joke at this point. Like everybody makes the Hall of Fame. You average twenty five points, you make the Hall of Fame. You average. Uh, 20 and 10, you make the Hall of Fame. Like, your contribution to the game doesn't matter. Just play. And I'm not trying to poo-poo it, but, like, I don't know if Tracy McGrady's a Hall of Famer. I'm just saying. Jose Bautista's not a Hall of Famer, so we're going to mark him off the list. Adrian Beltran may be questionable because I think all-time third baseman-wise, the guy's numbers stand out. Um, I think he has... Um, made some, I think, I remember when he played with the Dodgers. And I remember, I think he went to Seattle after that. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he went to Seattle for like a brief stint. But the bulk of his, the, towards the end of his career was definitely with um, Texas. Um, his career numbers, uh, 477 career home runs, career batting average three, I mean, excuse me, 286. Uh, his war is 93.5, which is pretty solid. Yeah, I knew it. he played for Seattle. He signed a big contract. He was in the league for a long time. I knew he played for, he signed a big contract with Seattle. It was like crazy, but he ended up going, I don't remember him being, he was in Boston for like 30 seconds. I don't even remember that. He played a whole season in Boston. Don't remember that. He hit uh, 48 once, uh, and then he just had a pretty average career. I mean, nothing wrong with that. I just don't know if he... Five-time Gold Glover, four-time All-Star. I just don't know if he is... A, I, I'm going to look more because I'm going to do a Hall of Fame show, whole show based on the Hall of Fame. But I don't know where he ranks all time for third baseman. But when I think of a baseball Hall of Famer, I'm just thinking that guy without a question. All right. Um, so we're going to do question mark. Matt Holiday, not a Hall of Famer. I don't give a damn what you say. Joe Maurer, from a catching standpoint, is one of the greatest catchers of all time. But he didn't finish his career as a catcher. In fact, he played, I think, the last part of his tail end of his career as a first baseman. Great Minnesota twin but I don't know if I could just give him the hall. I think he was a okay. I think he was a great player. I don't know if he was legendary. Chase Utley, great second baseman. Two one World Series with Philly. Went back and lost one. You you know he's another guy like you knew his name. He's a former MVP, but it's questionable. Like is should he be in? You got to make it real. Like where is he rank all time again? Like. I think Jeff Kent needs to get in before Chase Utley gets in. If we're going based on second baseman, I'm going Kent Utley, and Kent's not in yet. Finally, David Wright. David Wright's not a Hall of Famer. Great Met, but he didn't stay healthy enough. And 
<clears throat> I know he has some decent seasons, but he's just not it. And it's sad because the Mets haven't had a Hall of Famer. God, what, since Seaver? Piazza. Piazza's in. Piazza's in. I take that back. Now, who should be in that's been on this stupid ballot? I'm glad everybody asked. Gary Sheffield needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Zero questions asked. 509 career home runs, nine-time All-Star, batting title, career batting average, 297. Stop this nonsense that there was in there was a, an a, an idea of steroids on him. This is Gary's this is Gary Sheffield's last year on the ballot. Him, Andrew Jones, and Mike uh, Andy Pettit. Three men that I'm gonna make an argument should be it over the, the, the new crop of guys. Gary Sheffield was a guarantee. When you watch Gary Sheffield, I thought the man was a Hall of Famer for Atlanta, for the Yankees, for the uh for Milwaukee. For my, let's not forget, he has a World Series with the Florida Marlins and when they were just a new baby on the market. But not to mention, yeah, he struck out a lot, but there's a laundry list, a long list of guys in the Hall of Fame that have struck out a lot. Gary Sanchez, Gary, uh, Gary Sheffield, no doubt was one of the premier hitters of his time. Feared hitters. And it wasn't the fact that he hit for power all the time. He hit for average as well, and was a pretty decent. He was a he was a over above average right fielder. Don't know what the he never popped for steroids. Was never found guilty, so I don't know why he's not in. It doesn't make sense to me at all. Like there's no reason. Like if you just took what he did on the Yankees, that should put him in the Hall of Fame. But he was great on Atlanta. Okay, he was great in Florida or now Miami. Why he's not in, but Pudge Rodriguez is in, doesn't make sense. Why he's in and Mike Piazza or who else did they put in that's like, what? There's some questionable guys that got put in there. And if you're putting, if you're putting in David Ortiz, if you're putting in uh, Pudge Rodriguez, if you're putting in anybody who played in the steroid era, if you're putting anyone in, then you got to put Gary Sheffield in. It's already a crime. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens aren't in. Gary Sheffield should be in. Another guy that should be in is Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones from 1996 to what? 2005 was center field. No question. You didn't want another center fielder other than him. You might have wanted Ken Griffey Jr., but Andrew Jones was center field. 10 gold gloves in a row. All right. Then if you five time all-star, he's got 434 uh, career home runs. There's no reason he's not it. And I know oh, he did it too, but he doesn't have any positive tests. So why isn't he in? Just what he did on Atlanta should put him in the Hall of Fame. Because he was, you, pencil, here's some, you penciled him and Chipper Jones every game. Period. Andrew Jones should be in. Andy Pettit's the one I'm going to harp on the most. I watched Andy Pettit his whole career because I'm a Yankee fan. I even watched him in Houston because I wanted to see how he was going to do. Okay? <clears throat> if you're comparing him to players of today, Andy Pettit is in the Hall of Fame. Why did I say that? Because if you think Justin Verland is a Hall of Famer, then Andy Pettit is. I'm not just throwing out words. 
I'm gonna give you numbers. Andy Pettit career um, wins 256 to 153 losses. Justin Verlander's career wins 257 to 141 losses. Andy Pettit has 3,316 innings pitched. Justin Verlander, 3,325 innings pitched. Playoff record, Andy Pettit holds that at 19-11. Justin Verlander, 17-12. Andy Pettit in the American League Championship Series is 7-2. Justin in the World Series, Andy Pettit is 5-2. Justin Verlander is 1-6. If you're going to put Justin Verlander in, you got to put Andy Pettit in. And I know, I know, Pettit admitted, hey, I did it. Didn't matter. He did it while he pitched against guys on steroids and was better. Okay? Andy Pettit should be a Hall of Famer. He's won 20 twice. I don't think he won this. I don't think he won the Cy Young in 96, but he should have. This is a guy that should be in the Hall of Fame. And I know he doesn't, he's not the type of player. To, to complain, but it's not fair he's not in. <clears throat> when you're going to put guys in that his numbers are equal to. There will be a show where I go more in detail, but I'm not. Hey, this is how we're going to finish the show up, okay? Christmas is just around the corner. It's actually next Monday. <clears throat> Downright Sports will be off the air until um, the new year. I haven't set a date yet, but we'll be back in the new year. Uh, we will have some shows uh, we're going to have some pop-up shows. Always got to do the pop-up shows. So it's going to be a pop-up show for uh, college football playoff. Um, I'm also going to, if you're on Instagram or Facebook, look for the link because I'm going to throw back up the um, the Christmas show I did last year World, <clears throat> and some other pop-up shows. But look, 2023 was uh, experimental, to say the least, for downright sports and um, 2024, we're going to keep experimenting. Uh, I hope so. I hope everybody has a wonderful holiday, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. Have, you know, find somebody, celebrate that time with. All right. It's important to be around those, you know, whether they're friends, whether they're family, whether they're dogs, whether they're cats, whatever, have someone or have something to, you know, love. And then, you know, going into um, going into 2024, I think we need to look at 2023 and leave the hatred. You're not going to dis- is Not disliking people is never going to stop. You're always going to dislike somebody. But I think we should get past the point where it just turns into hate in this tribalness. I really do think the internet has created little pockets of tribes. It's unfortunate you have the the red tribe and the blue tribe and the, the independent tribe. You have the Republican tribe, the Democratic tribe, the woke tribe. You have all these tribes. In the end, look, we're all human, right? We got one tribe that's the human tribe. And if we all separate, then when will we come together? Because you can't do it alone. And I think we're at a place where we all kind of need to come together, you know, and that's where I stand. I really feel like we should get back to a place where it doesn't matter who you vote for in the end, you know, that's your choice, but it doesn't change, you know, it's your core. You should still want to respect the other person, you know, in your core, you still should want to listen to the other person, you know, it, 
and I think for people to get to a place of, you know, respect is you first got to stop disrespecting and you first got to stop. Everything doesn't need to have a gotcha moment and everything doesn't need to be, see, I'm right. Some of us are arguing to the point that you just want to be right, but you don't even know what you're arguing about. So you're just wrong. And that's what I feel. So I hope every I said that to say happy holidays, Caesar's greetings, and uh, see you guys in 2024. Yeah. Deuces.
Although it's been said many times, many ways, a Merry Christmas.